Hello and welcome to Floating Swimming Stories with me, Joe Minahane. My guest on the podcast this week is Ruth Allen, an eco-psychotherapist and author based in Derbyshire. Ruth is perhaps best known for her work on Instagram, where she's whitepeak underscore Ruth uh, for White Peak Wellbeing, which is her therapy practice. And she talks brilliantly on all things nature cure, outdoor therapy, and the importance of getting outdoors, but also on the very real importance of human connection. Our discussion took place in December 2020, and we spoke over Zoom. Unfortunately, we weren't able to swim together because of lockdown restrictions. But uh, we covered everything from the transgressive power of water, its spiritual qualities, and also the issues with the whole concept of the nature cure and why it perhaps needs to be handled with a little bit more care by the community. Um, I really hope you enjoy our conversation. I'll be back at the end, but in the meantime, happy listening. So we're not swimming. We're, on the... <laughs> we're not swimming. <laughs> this, is not, this is not swimming. I didn't swim this morning because uh, waves were a little bit, a wee bit big. It's been yeah. bit, the last few days, a little, a little bit, um, a bit up and down. And then I had a cold. I mean, in terms of the waves, not in terms of my mood. And then I had a cold last week, not COVID. So it was like, I can't really go in. And so like the last time I, I went in on Saturday and it was just, I looked calm from afar and then I got down there and it was like high tide and there's this other woman sort of tentatively staring at the waves and I was like yeah I'll go for it and I got barrel rolled and then like got out after like 50 strokes and she was like thumbs up and I was like nope <laughs> not so much that's so much <laughs> it wasn't really a cold one and then I've lost one of my neoprene gloves oh no Weird. well losing a neoprene is not cool is it <laughs> I mean, I go in without a wetsuit, but like the gloves are an integral part of the... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't go in. I, I only have my neoprene boots and they're my, they're my must-have. Oh, boots are I can't go in without them. The boots are an absolute must. Um, have you been <laughs> winter swimming in between therapy sessions and book writing? I haven't been swimming for a little while because I think, and I miss it, but I think because... Um, yeah, my main option is the river mm. and it's very quick at the moment and oh, there's right. a lot of rain coming down so it's not so much the temperature but there's something about the quickness of it that so I'm still trying to work through what is your river is it Derwent? yeah 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 so over the summer I was taking quite a lot of time to sort of well over the rest of the year I guess spring summer and autumn was swimming in different segments of it and quite enjoying going to the, the bits that no one really goes to because it involves scrambling through the undergrowth off the side of the main road or something. <laughs> and I was quite enjoying that, but it's, yeah, so that's, that's my nearest watering hole. And was it a bit of a thing during, I was going to say during the pandemic, as if, as if it's over. As if it's gone. <laughs> as if it's in the rear view. Hey, we're not Tory politicians. Um, is it, has it been a bit of a thing this year for you? The water, the swimming? Yeah, it's been a really big thing this year. In the beginning of lockdown, all I could think of was water. And it, it was really odd because I very much consider, my, have a kind of an image of myself as being like a mountain person, you know, yeah. kind of allied myself with <laughs> with that landscape. And so it came as some surprise to me when I thought, it's okay, I can cope without mountains for a while. They'll always be there. 
and just kind of went to pieces about the fact that they're not having and not being able to get to the sea or to um, mm. get up to the lakes. That seemed to hit a lot harder. And so I seemed to spend a lot of time, certainly in the first lockdown, in kind of a, an endless fantasy. When I can get back to water, when can I get into water again? It became quite almost compulsive at times. I was quite interested in why this? Why is it consolating on water? And I don't exactly know. I, you know, I have my ideas. I think one of them is it's not easily, there's, you know, quite landlocked where I am in a way. So couldn't get to the coast yet and couldn't get to the lakes as I say so the kind of the places that I had in mind just having that real sense of I can't go there so the being denies something very specific but the same is true for other environments so I don't quite know what was going on there but it really came alive this year it's just I want to swim and I can't swim which is how which in the end was what got me more in touch with going down to the river because I wasn't swimming much in the Derwent before and I thought well I've got a river down there so why not why not that and how would that be um what, and so that in the end that became a bit of a godsend <laughs> so what's it like swimming so i've never swum in the Derwent. it's well it depends on the stretch i guess the popular popular area is up chatsworth way not yeah. chatsworth way <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know just in front of the landed gentry um and I never go up there, but that's a bit, that will be for me a sort of a 20 minute drive, I guess, 25 minute drive. Um, the stretch that I use is a yeah, mile down the road between sort of Cromford and Ambergate. And it's, it, and I have been a couple of times to the Matlock area. It's quite swift. It's quite fast moving. It's not, it, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a pro river person, but my sense of it is it's quite um, shallow in the places where mm -hmm. I'm going quite riffly oh um, I like a bit of riffly it's nice very riffly. it's like a long tummy just like you know well it, it suits me because I can just bob around feeling like I'm swimming when I'm not really swimming I'm, I'm floating around and I'm kind of sculling and I'm, I'm kind of getting carried by the water and then I'm getting up and I'm walking and walking back and doing it again <laughs> Really I, um, there's something really really underrated about that I think I think that you know you have this idea the only river swim I've done this year is in the Thames and and it was lovely but it's a proper like you know you're getting in and you are in a pool and you are swimming and it's deep that idea of mm -hmm. you know just scrambling around and like going up to one bit and then getting shot down the river by a bit of fast moving but it's not too deep and you're safe is vastly underrated in my opinion I think so. It's it's playful, and I think what I needed over the summer was something more playful. So it, it and there was that sense of glee at the end. Of, you know, and we had some not quite nice weather, didn't we, over the summer during mm -hmm. um, in those kind of in between days between the first lockdown and the second. And I remember how you know I think back to some of those afternoons. I finished up work, finished sessions, and then I would get my bag and cycle down. And it felt I felt like I was. I don't know, 10. I mean, I didn't do that when I was 10, obviously, but it felt like I could have been. It felt sort of archetypal kid going down to the river with my bag and my um, and my bike and pulling up and jumping in and cycling back. And it just felt really playful. And that was so needed as an antidote to the to the days and the weeks, um, the some of them that we've had this year. It's a profoundly unserious way of going about it, which I really like. <laughs> No, it's not like, like, as much as I love swimming in the winter, I really do, I always feel that like there's a seriousness about it because like you have to plan and you have to have like, you know, 
your kit lit, you know, everything that has to be, re- you know, regimented a little bit, otherwise you freeze. Mm. Whereas I suppose like having a riffly, a riffly one, as we'll call it, is, yeah. you know, joyous. Like you just need your, you know, you do need, it's nice to have a little pair of neoprene shoes, but you know, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. You know, and it's, yeah. it's the summer, you drive with a t-shirt, a little, you know, poodle on the bike. There's not, you know, yeah. there's no timing involved. There's no, like, you're not clock watching. There's not, how many strokes am I doing? There's none of that. And that, you know, yeah. kind of that's... I mean, that's happen. me all over. I'm not a serious swimmer at the best of times, but you're so right. It's much more about just the, the immersion, the poodling around, the whole, the whole, yeah, ease of it, yes. which is quite yes. intoxicating somehow. So I've been um, on your recommendation well, on your Instagram recommendation, I've been reading Losing Eden um, mm. by Jones, and I'm coming to the end of it, and very much enjoying it. It's a lot more scientific than anything I would normally read, um, in a good way. Very accessible, and for people who don't know about it, it's based, the, the subtitle is um, why, um, why Our Minds Need the Wild, right? And uh, some really interesting stuff about swimming in there that um, I didn't really realise that she was a swimmer, and she talks about this sort of primordial sense of being in the water and it being very primal and um i don't know i've been thinking a lot about that through my work with my therapist this year this idea of you know sort of almost dissolve she talks about like dissolving into the water this sort of spiritual mm. and i remember talking to you i think for your podcast and you when i described it like this you were like you're talking about spirituality <laughs> you're talking about spiritual i'm like no i'm not i'm just yeah. <laughs> how very day <laughs> talking about not me and I've just, I think for me, the spiritual side of it has become a huge thing, especially this mm. year. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether you feel like that, but um, it feels like. Yeah, I feel that there's, there's, um, I do. I, I, I feel like how can it, it can't just be the physiological autonomic nervous system that benefits from that plunge. It's because it can be quite an intense experience and it is, it has its own kind of, transcendence so i don't know if it's transcendence or imminence that, that you know going in and absorbing so it feels like it for that intensity when it can be a relatively short time that you're in the water it has to speak to more than just the autonomic nervous system somehow or just the shock of you know psychological shock of cold water there's something else for me i, I guess there's other related themes that i've been thinking about this year one of those being transgression and which in itself is quite it's more religious, isn't it? The word transgression, yeah. more religious and spiritual, but because of where I've been swimming, um, that feeling of I shouldn't really be here. So there's something, you know, this is not an area and because of all the access issues we have to our own, you know, land and waterways, something transgressive, but there is something spiritual in that as well. And there's, and there's been the aspect of almost the immersion, washing something away, Mm. And but also that dissolving for me, there's something quite um, womb like that I've been thinking about quite a lot this year, and which speaks, I think, to Lucy sort of that dissolving. There's something about sort of cocooning in a kind of quite a holding space, in, in quite a de- a, you know, when you're out of the riffly bit and you're in a bit of a plunge pool bit. <laughs> yeah, I've found that quite supportive at times when I've needed that and that feels spiritual as well there is something about that isn't there that sense of being buoyed up 
you know, I felt that when my daughter was born in May, it's like bang in the middle of, of the first lockdown, you know, it was super tight at that point. And fortunately, I was allowed to go to the, the hospital. But like, you know, when I swam after that, it was that real sense of that beer, that womb, like being buoyed up. I've been thinking about a lot about that at the time. And there's, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like I always go back to this sense of, of the tiny self when I'm in the water. This idea that, you know, you're not, that you're part of something bigger and that you're not, you don't have this solipsistic, view of like i am the center of the world and the world is out there it's like you're mm. so much bigger and i don't know i feel yeah because like, it just flows over you doesn't it it's immersive it just sort of envelops you and I, I kind of feel like i feel that more on days when i'm having to respect the sea a little bit more so like on days when it's super calm and the current isn't strong that's amazing because you have that wind like thing but when it's like you have to go at low tide if it's rough the, the level of respect you have for it is so mm. great because that's, you know, it's sort of teaching you important lessons about, you know, about respect and about being in the moment and about, you know, not panic. You know, if it is like that and you start to panic, that's not a good, <laughs> it's not a good mm. idea. I feel like I've, it's taught, despite the fact that I've been doing this for so long now, I feel like it's taught me a lot of lessons in 2020. I feel like I've learned mm. a lot from it. It's, um, it's very strange. I can't, sometimes I find it quite hard to articulate. It's just, it's almost there and it doesn't let you. Yeah, but that's the nature, isn't it? Of, of, of experiences almost that are spiritual. There's parts of it that are beyond grasp. That, yeah. I guess that transcendence or imminence that they're kind of, they're all, you can almost put words to it. But in a way, it's not about the words. It's about the embodied experience and encounter and sensation on a much more sensory level which yeah. in a lot of ways some of that is really pre-verbal yeah which is quite hard for for a writer to, to say <laughs> my description so i shan't write about it because i do find that whenever i go to write about it these days i'm writing almost the same thing so it's just like i'm gonna have to i'm struggling with this idea of having to, having to leave it behind write about something uh, well that's an interesting thing isn't it if i run out of words for it do i have to leave it behind yeah. I, I I think for a long time I thought I did, and now I don't know whether I have to. I'm not sure. I don't really know. I don't know what mm. there was is new to say about it. And it's interesting because swimming's become like this. This year it feels like so many people have taken it up, and like it feels like my hobby has gone from like this sort of. Mm. I mean, it was like you know there was a it was in growing in popularity, but now has had this like boom moment that what is there new to say about it to people who haven't done it before and explain it in a simple, not necessarily in a simple way, but, you know. Yeah, I can imagine that and I can relate to that. You know, in, only in that brought up for me the boom that I've seen um, in people interested in working outside, that yeah. it's taking on it before, pre-COVID, I think a lot of people were working outside who had quite a, um, a strong affinity with kind of eco psychological principles and now we've really seen this new stream of, of it being a practical workaround and it being a way of a kind of a methodological or format change that suits the times and that's very different and it's created a real upsurge and so you know that it's still this is still very emergent and very nascent in a way that perhaps wild swimming isn't but I can relate to that feeling of where do I where am I in this now like where where is my place in this as it as more people come in and more people are talking about it 
because that shifts our own positions, doesn't it? It makes you feel like, I don't know, because you're like, oh, it's our, I'm the pioneer, you know what I mean? You're like, you're the, you know, you're sort of the pioneer in this space, and now, like, there's other people have arrived, and how do we feel about the newcomers? And it throws up all these weird feelings that shouldn't be feelings, I suppose, in this, you know, you feel a bit strange saying that, but it's quite hard to, I don't know, it's quite hard to, again, another hard, hard thing to articulate, but how has, do you think that's yeah. Do you think for you, as your, with your work, do you think that's going to be a positive outcome of, of COVID? Like in terms of, I mean, as I say, I don't like to talk about COVID in positive terms, but, you know, does that mean that there is a snap mm. space for what you do to become a bit more popular and that the results from that might, you know, may well help? Yeah, with mental health? I think so. I think it's, um, it's interesting because I think there's multiple things going on in that. And I think there is that feeling of, oh, you know, where am I going to be in this? And I think that speaks to when it's become something that's really important part of your identity, that something feels under threat in those moments. And so I kind of want to honour that in myself, but also recognise that there's something of the ego in that, because I think it's, this would be really good for outdoor work. It would be really good for people. It would be really good for, you know, new innovations. And it will become, um, you know, accessible to more people so amazing that and there's a need to a sort of attend to that part of me that's you know and I guess for you you know why is it hard um in terms of the um wild swimming you know it's I don't know I, there's something about both sides isn't there there are people coming in and they're they're doing new things that can only be good think, in advancing Oh, absolutely. Advancing the things we do and we love, but we do have to work out where we still stay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that sense of, like, I find it really funny that there's this new, in Ireland, there was this whole thing at the 40 foot in Dublin about like dry robe wankers. So people wearing dry robes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dry robes. Oh, come on. Like, this is not, this shouldn't even be a debate. And, and I have no skin in it. Yeah, the- we tend to make everything territorial. Yeah, you know, and I, I kind of think it's like, you know, it can only be a good thing that the more people are swimming, the more people talk about access and the massive issues around that with rivers and pollution in English rivers, which is appalling. And, you know, the more people are doing it, then the louder the voices, the louder the advocacy is. I, I think that is really important. Yeah, exactly. And it's like showing that it's all kinds of swimmers. It's not just, you know, right, we are people who do this seriously. We do front crawl and we wear the right kit. It's like, nah, sorry, that's not, that's not where I come out. Yeah, but I think, I think there's a lot of stuff in it though for, you know, and I see it in my work and that, that early worry I had of something, you know, where, what's going to happen to me in this work. And for me, it comes down to a sense of belonging, I guess, that when we find something that we really means something and we have a way of belonging, we belong to that group and, there's a certain perhaps a, a felt threat to that when more people come into something or we suddenly lose a sense of our own voice. So I think it's kind of really important to, that we talk about that kind of thing more because I think it's too easy to think it's, you know, we're, we do get territorial, but I think it's because something feels under threat. Yeah. And what that is, I think, will be different for different people. But how do we keep things open and inclusive and still, you know, make room for that? And still keep it special. You know what I mean? This idea. I mean, I always talk about swimming being this itinerant weird thing. And like you were saying, like transgressive in a good sense. 
And, you know, you don't want it like, you know, to, you know, at the same time, it's like, yeah, of course, you would love to see more and more people doing it. And it's great to see more people doing it. But that element of it, I kind of like that it, for some reason, annoys people. I've read a headline in the Sunday Times just slagging off cold, like cold water, saying smug cold water people this year. I'm like, good. We're annoying the right people still. This is, this is pleasing to me. And I'm like, I don't know why I feel yeah. like that. Because there's a fear of something being watered down, perhaps, isn't there? And, and I felt that with, with the outdoor therapy stuff is feeling, you know, it, part of what I loved about it and what I love about it is its radical underpinnings. And if it just becomes commodified and commercialised, then it really goes against my kind of anti-capitalist kind of <laughs> sentiments. And so yeah. it starts to lose a bit of that radical. And I think that that's what I hear when you're talking about that as well. That it's like this used to be a bit kind of subculture. And what happens to something when it gets commercialised and when it gets mainstream? And this is the tension, isn't it? Because we want more people to love it and do it, but we don't want it to be damaged <laughs> we don't want it to become yeah you don't have to be modified you know i mean that's how have you i mean i suppose for you that's you know it's your business as well it's not you know for me it's my whole you know okay i write about swimming but <clears throat> for you it's your work and i suppose that means that you know the more people talk about it the more clients you have which can only be you know a good thing i suppose for you have you noticed on that note have you noticed that have you had an uptick in clients this year who want to do outdoor work or has it been people reticent because of because of the virus not wanting to perhaps do face-to-face -face time? I think more people wanted to have training in it. So I've done a lot of workshops this year in helping people think beyond the, um, you know, why else go outside apart from COVID? And so there's been a real demand for that. Um, it's, very, it's very hard in practice to get people um, outdoors a lot of the time because it's very location specific. Um, you know you open up a lot more possibility if you work online so i think i'm still seeing at the moment more practitioners that want to offer it than i am clients but then i'm full anyway so it's I, I, there's not really i don't really open the channels to be asked <laughs> yeah but i think there's yeah there's um i think there is an uptick and that and that is great but there is something within that about for me an important part of my work then is this is great and this is awesome but how do we keep the conversation in the right places and because i feel that sense of um commodification happening and all and we've talked about it before that's so that with that determination from certain quarters to talk about nature cure and you know the, the kind of the golden bullet the panacea of whether it's wild swimming or you know forest bathing and so I feel like my job is becoming increasingly, as it gets bigger and bigger, is to to speak more to the um, what, it, you know, taking a more critical and thoughtful approach about the the nuance in that. And yeah. maybe that's the direction that I start to go in more is actually trying to hold some sort of line there. Nuance is so hard as well, isn't it? Because when people say to me, "I like did wild swimming save your life?" It's like, no read my book but obviously that's <laughs> obviously reading a book takes a long time and i can't explain you know for me to explain <laughs> yeah. why that statement is is probably facile at best is you know it takes a long time and there's a lot of nuance I, I i mean i do what i do worry an awful lot when people talk about nature cure now as some kind of catch-all term you know because it's like you know i think lucy writes about it like what happens when you go and you don't feel those things what happens when you go outside and you don't have mm. magical experience that 
let's face it, mostly white middle class people are telling you that you're going to have. And, you mm. know, so many issues around it that I'm finding quite difficult to, I can't have, I don't really have, an, which is quite strange for me, I don't really have an opinion because I can't, forming one one way or the other just seems to, I seem to be pulled in lots of different directions on it. I know the power of the mm. outdoors and I, I understand it like both in terms of it's like, you know, like both critically and in terms of, you know, the psychological impact and just the scientific impact that I'm reading about on the nervous system. There's no denying it. But, you know, at the same time, it's not to say that, right, okay, you go for a swim and all your problems are going to be cured. Yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but it's, I really strongly believe that we are relational creatures and we and we have certain issues within our own species that only our species can solve. <laughs> so, you know, going out for a lovely walk, oh, it'd be really soothing for your nervous system, perhaps, but doesn't mean it's going to solve structural inequality. You know, yeah. so... <laughs> And the, the impact of inequalities on people's lived experiences in their lives. So I think it, it's, it's too easy to grab it. And that means that what you don't have to look at is what's underlying that. And I think that that's just a huge problem in the narrative is that we, people want it to be true. And then when it isn't, nature gets the blame or, or somebody gets the blame, the scientists get the blame or... And all of it is a distraction from what is it that really causes people difficulty in their lives. And it's not just a lack of swimming or <laughs> a lack of walking in the woods and a lack of nature connection. I think all of that is massively important, but I also think, you know, equal access to education and healthcare and food is quite important. <laughs> kind of vital, kind, kind of essential for functioning. Human. Yeah, but we don't like to talk about that, do we? So we like, what's the latest thing that we can say, or if we just do more of that, yeah, and it's that thing of like you almost want people almost want to take like the political out of it. It's not possible, like you know. And I know that might you know disappoint some people to hear that, but it's true. Like you can't, it, you know, you can't approach this in any other way. Like there's a, you know, you've got all the and like connection, as you say, it's not just nature; it's connection between people as well that's so important. And yeah, a, know, a lot of what's been a lot of damage that's done is often you know, sadly at the expense of other people's hands, relational trauma, you can't, it's not always, you might be able to go outside and do your healing, but often you need somebody else there. We need the people, yes. not necessarily people being responsible. We need our own species to somehow speak and heal with around things that have been done by other humans. I really feel that, that we can't expect a tree to heal us from human made wounds. No, and I think that's interesting for me this year. Like, you know, I knew that swimming was going to be a big part of it. But I, as I mentioned, I started work with a new therapist back in January and he's incredible. But like, obviously, I haven't seen him face to face since the, like, since the end of February. And, you know, but that has been for me all the more important than the swimming this year. That connection, that work, that dealing with some, another human being to talk about, you know, issues, trauma, whatever. Mm in a safe space that has been every bit as important and actually more important than going swimming you know i can find other i can find other you know things that are good in my life other than swimming you know i like mm. a lot and i'm i am i won't lie bereft when i can't do it but you know i can survive you know i don't yeah. think i think what i've learned this year is i i can't survive or can't no, no, I can't smile. I can't be my best self without therapy. And I think I always thought that it was six. I remember talking to you a long time ago about this idea of like, oh, six weeks. Good. Right. Okay. Done. Whereas this year has taught me um, the harsh lesson of like, 
no, just go every week. <laughs> Keep doing the work. Mm. And, yeah, but I'm privileged enough yeah. to pay for that, you know. And that's, you know, that's been a, a big lesson for me. Mm. Yeah, and I think we have to we have to come to terms with, don't we, as a, a species that we can't duck out of whether our responsibilities lie to each other, mm-hmm. as well as looking to, you know, go, you know, swim, swim together, swim with each other, swim, or go out and forest bathe and, and walk in the mountains. But we need to also pair that with a what are we doing for each other and, and being fair to each other and making time and connections for each other. And if you can combine all of that then you've got some kind of great situation, haven't you? And that's why it feels yeah. so good to go out with other people outside and for it all to be singing together. But yeah, it's not enough one or other thing on its own. Really. No, one without the other. It's interesting because it gives you that shared experience and therefore shared something to care about. So, you know, therefore that you know, has brilliant effects on like, you know, environment or ecology. Yeah. Or those other the interesting things. thing is I never, I still haven't been swimming really with, and it, well, no, I've been once um, quite recently, went out with my friend um, Vic, who's a fellow therapist, and we only know each other through sort of online. And so we've kind of gone out for this one swim and it, it was great. It was really, it was, it was very quick, I guess, because it was, um, it was already getting into winter. Sure. But I'm really excited to explore the, um, you know, maybe next year when we can come back together, just to really appreciate that unification again and perhaps embrace that more than I ever have done before. Yeah. Because I feel that still the aspect of, you know, this summer going off and being transgressive and going down to the river and a lot of it was it was by myself and, and that was great, but it feels like there's something unexplored there. I mean, I know that you've done, obviously you swam with a lot of people and for your book you you've got to swim with other people I imagine that must feel it's a different thing it's a totally different thing it's interesting I don't really do it very often anymore I'm mostly pandemic related but because I've got small kids like you know the time I have is, is limited and I, I tend to go in them alone and it's become this like very spiritual thing that I have mm. but I do miss that and hey once I have moved to Sheffield if I if it ever ever happens <laughs> it will and we will be in the um yeah we'll find some spots rivlin plunge pool chef yes. if you could tell me more. yeah that's where i went with with vic and it was it's a it's a lovely spot and it's like one of those you can swim against the um the little waterfall and feel oh. like you're in a kind of a swim machine and get churned around in it and it's oh. lovely it is a mere yeah. 10 minute drive from the house that may i may one day call my own <laughs> oh well it's going to be a treat and it's not a far drive to a little cafe for one of those oh. kind of greasy smooth cafes as well dreamy okay i can like have a, a massive carb hit after yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm just, I'm and it's you'd fun. be a dry road wanker with it as well i will be a dry road wanker you're right and i'll be able to drive my own car to a swim which is just like <laughs> sheer luxury these days so <laughs> there we go um i'm afraid our, our zoom time is um coming towards an end so Ruth, thank you so much for taking the time it's about to expire I fear we are we are a few minutes from expiry, but thank you so much for taking the time. It's been really helpful. Cheers. Yeah, it's been great to talk about it again, to revisit some of the ideas, and I look forward to doing that again when we swim together again and perhaps oh, yeah. talk about it all again. We just keep endlessly churning over these themes. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ruth. Cheers. Okay.
I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ruth. I feel like we covered a lot of really, really interesting topics. And from an angle that I don't think I perhaps ever consider or that I've ever really done on the podcast before, which makes it all the more interesting. I really hope that you have a really pleasant uh, Christmas and New Year. And I'll be back in 2021 with more floating swimming stories. But for now, happy swimming.